A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're going to have this ability to now reframe. Allow yourself time throughout the day to stress the fuck out. The thoughts and the feelings and the behavior cycle can start changing. Losing weight, getting it all back, losing weight, getting it all back, losing weight again, getting it all back, starving, depriving, berating, feeling like a failure. We all know that the diet industry sucks and it has done a number on so many of us, but we are really here to talk about that today and really dive right into it. When we say the diet industry sucks and it's really caused harm to people, what does that mean? Joining me today to have this discussion is Mm -hmm. Dr. Beverly David, clinical psychologist, um, the most amazing person on the planet. <laughs> I saw people rolling through the comments. They're so excited. Uh, they're ready for their therapy session. They're ready to get into it. Hi, hello, and welcome. Me too. Yes. <laughs> Hi, hello, and welcome. I'm, I, I'm discombobulated because it's Thursday and I always see you on a Tuesday. So I'm a little bit lost. It's like hockey morning. And I was like, what? So I tried to do my hair and now I look like a doll. Oh, you look gorgeous. <laughs> I'm you sorry. Look gorgeous. You look gorgeous. Right, Capture, cancel, correct that. I sh- you look gorgeous. Well, I should say thank you, shouldn't I? I should model. Thank you, Gina. <laughs> no, it's nice to see that. It's nice to have, I mean, this is what I love about our guests. They're very real. You know, like people think you're a psychologist. You should be able to have your shit together. Everything is... <laughs> fine you got it going on so it's nice to see you feeling a little bit like a hot mess um, <laughs> I won't show you my slippers right let's get into it yeah because I it was brilliant so many brilliant comments and I I love talking about thoughts and how they trip us up and how they trap us so Yes, okay. where do you want to start, Gina, today? So we are week four of the program. This is the one week, downsizing, as you know, is the one week that is most like a diet because the goal is to eat slightly less than what you've been eating in the previous weeks. Even though you're eating, you know, five, six, some, some people are using bonus snacks eight times a day, super nutrient-rich food. By no means is anyone starving or depriving themselves. But the concept of eating slightly less And eating slightly less after eating to satisfaction the last few weeks can mess with your hunger levels. And people feel Mm -hmm. hungry. They feel like they don't have enough food. They're leaving food on their plates. It's making them feel uncomfortable. There's food waste issues. There's food scarcity issues. There's all of that. But the bigger one I want to tackle first is that space in your brain. The what am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? Why did I eat this? Did I eat too much? Did I do that? The I'm a failure. I'm I'm not getting this. I'm never going to be able to lose my weight. Like that that negative dialogue that we have going on in our brain. I remember that from when I, you know, when I was carrying an extra hundred pounds before I lost my weight. And, and actually it took me a while for it to go away. I remember that space in my brain where I was constantly ragging on myself and thinking I was just like the worst person on the planet. I mean, besides weight loss, I know people do this. There's mom guilt, you know, there's, there's all sorts of reasons that we're hard on ourselves. but let's, let's focus it on dieting. And sort of like, how do we, how does our, let's start with how does our past history shape how we speak to ourselves? 
You start with just that. That's a good. <laughs> if only I knew how to put it in just a nutshell. But we know that our family of origins matter. So we know that when I talk about predisposing factors, that's the early on things that happen in our life as we're developing, as we're, you know, we might not even be communicating with language yet, but we're communicating, we're watching, we're hearing, we're noticing, we're even observing patterns in in our own kitchens with our mums and our dads and maybe our siblings. So There's a lot being communicated to us. Um, And that inside voice, often we we used to refer to it as the mother's tongue, but we know that we are influenced by more than just our mother's mother's voice. We're influenced by uh, whoever is our caregiver, perhaps our grandparents, our coaches, our teachers. And when we hear these words, we're listening and we're internalizing them. So if we hear constantly you know, not even if it's at us, if it's our, our mother or our father talking about, you know, their own weight or the, you know, valuing, I suppose, success or beauty because of something. We're going to be hearing that. We're also going to be hearing, you know, eat up this children starving in this world. Um, you're ungrateful. I made this food sit there till it's finished. Um or, you know, eat your crust so that you get hair on your chest. All of these sort of things that we will have heard, um, I, I just it, we're like a sponge. We're soaking up all of this information and it goes in. There's implicit memory and explicit memory. Implicit is the memories we don't, we can't remember. We were so little. It was before we had language. But they're in us. They're in our body. So if we were sat there and forced to, to just look at food until we finished, we're going to have sort of words around that. I must finish or I must sit here or I'm naughty, you know. Um, And then there's the explicit memories where now we remember it. You know, if you finish your plate, I'll take a picture of you. And if you don't, then, you know, you're going up straight up to bed, things like that. So food is quite powerful. We need it. You know, we need it as human beings. Um, so we need substance, we need nutrition. And, you know, it's one of the first things we do when we're born, we suckle. So we it's very important from the beginning for us to thrive. And then for parents, it's really tricky because they're being messaged constantly. I don't know what it's like over here, but when I were, when we were little in, in Britain, you'd have your little red book and the little red book would be measuring, you know, is your baby on the right sort of path to thrive, you know, have you met weights? Have you met this, you know, the, the height or the length of the baby? There's a lot of pressure to be thinking, am I doing, am I doing well enough? You know, am I making enough milk? If I'm not making enough milk, am I picking a formula? Have I picked the right formula? What do people think about breast yeah. versus bottle? Like it's really, it's really stressful, you know, stressful for our mums when they were doing it um, with the information that they had. And then, as the little people, we're learning this. And of course, we've heard in, in previous weeks, the words that have hurt us, you know, if you don't look like that, you're not going to be a dancer. Or if you don't look like that, you know, you know, you're not going to find somebody, you know, so we, we're listening to this all the time. Well, because when you're young, I mean, this is why children believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, because they believe, they believe us. They, you, when you're young, you believe they'll, the grown-ups in your life. And so you 
you're taught to listen to them. You're taught to do what they say. And you just trust that what they're telling you is the truth. And so when you're hearing all these things, you know, that has an impact on you. Even, you know, we've talked to so many people who have, you know, been dieting. They were put in Weight Watchers when they were 12 and they all have Mm -hmm. a they all have a story of their of their mom or their their parents or people in their in their family struggling with their weight. Like it, it mm-hmm. goes way back, and it, so it's beyond your even your parent having a weight issue. It's all the little things that they have said to you, you know. And then, like you said, how we use food for so many things. You know, some families it's like a, how you show love. Like Tony's family is like you sit at the day, d- dinner table, you don't talk, you just eat, mm-hmm. and how they show love is for by providing food. And then you have some cultures where you are blessed enough to have an abundance of food. So here you go, we must eat it. And then you have other people who were raised, you know, whose parents dealt with real like food scarcity issues where they like food was hard to find food. And so there's a lot of feels, there's a lot going on that's been passed on from generation to generation to generation. And, you know, I love just sort of highlighting that it's not just dieting, it goes back Mm-hmm. Your issues with food go way back beyond dieting. Dieting just made it a whole lot worse because yeah. dieting was all about starving yourself, depriving yourself, you know, disconnecting from yourself. And then when you did lose the weight and then you gained it back plus more, you were the whole diet industry tells you that that's your fault, mm. right? Like you failed. It's your fault. Like the diet is wonderful because it worked and it's your fault and you suck because you gained it back. When the reality is, is that the diets, the diet was never sustainable to begin with. Okay. So how do we change those negative thoughts? Like, let's, let's start with this. Let's talk about the scale. Cause that's a big one because I think mm-hmm. the scale is just like a big messenger. Just, it's great for bringing up all the feels just like downsizing brings up the feels. The scale can bring up the feels every day. So someone gets on the scale, they're here in week five, they're doing all the things they got on the scale today. They've been working really hard and the scale is up and it's normal for the scale to go up before it goes down. But this sets the tone for their whole day. Oh my God, my weight is up. Even though it's, it's, it can be a good thing to have your weight go up before it drops because it means it's it's on its way down. Mm-hmm. They're doing all the things and they should be nothing but super proud and excited and happy for themselves. But they get on the scale, their weight is up or it's the same. And they're just like, this isn't working for me and I'm a mm-hmm. failure and I, you know, I might as well quit. And then they, then they're in a, such a funky mood that Sally brings donuts into the office. So then they eat a donut because they're like, fuck it. It's not working anyway. <laughs> and they just yeah. snowballs. And then they feel like shit and they're going to bed thinking they're, they're the worst person on the planet. And they get up the next day. And if that scale isn't down, it just kind of repeats. So how do we even start to change that? That was an incredible thought journal. That's a good example of how we will spiral. You know, that one, that's, that could be called catastrophizing or that could be called snowballing. So we want to catch our, our, our own typical thought traps, you know, because they're there. We, ha- we can have particular ones. And the first way to, to change anything is to notice it, you know. So we're also noticing the, the number on the weighing scale, the reason we're noticing it so that we have information, just the same as collecting the data. And I all, I'm a big believer in collecting data. What are your thoughts? You know, can you catch it? Can you think, oh my goodness, I saw it and I thought, oh my God, my weight is up. This is not working because you've now 
fortune told. You've said, no, I, I am seeing into the future. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. Yeah. And that's based on probably past experience. And we know that we're very, we listen to past experience, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just because we've had a thought doesn't mean it's going to come real. Just because I think I'm going to win the lottery doesn't mean I'm going to win the lottery. But you spoke beautifully then about the, the next part of the cycle. The, the thought comes probably simultaneously with that dread feeling in our physical body, like, oh, the, the scale's up or it hasn't moved. So we jump to our conclusion. Our yeah. physical body feels, I suck. And then you went on to sort of show the domino effect. That Then they think, well, I knew I wasn't going to succeed at this anyway. So now we're whipping ourselves by telling ourselves off, that's just the same as somebody else telling us off. We're going to put ourselves into threat. We've 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 scolded ourselves. We don't feel good if we're scolded. Our cortisol goes up. Our clever brain turns off, and we want to feel better. Now, what do we do to feel better? We do anything to feel better as human beings. So we'll seek something out to soothe us. Now, sometimes that's food. Sometimes it's something else, but. It often makes us feel better in the short term because we're like, there, I've showed them I'm going to have the donut anyway. But then comes that after bit within the thoughts start coming again. I'm a failure. I didn't write my ship. You know, I've derailed. Why does this always happen? Okay, it's not good enough. I'm going to quit and join the next the next um, Gina Levy program. And so then our behavior starts to perpetuate the program, uh, the problem instead of thinking, Catch it, catch that thought, catch the feeling, look at it. You know, I say catch it, cancel it, correct it. I might, I might be more gentle with the cancel it. I might say catch it, you know, be curious with it, challenge it. And then if you know this is my thought pattern, this, I'm an all or nothing thinker. I'm a black and white thinker. I am stuck in this prison and it doesn't need to be true because then we want to challenge it by saying, is this 100% true 100% of the time? Am I a failure 100% of the time? No. Okay, so then you you get to correct it. You think, hang on, if I was talking to a friend, if I was talking to myself when I'm being kind and compassionate and caring, all the C's, there's so many C's, then hopefully we feel a little bit better and hopefully we give ourselves a little slack and we say, I'm learning. I'm learning how to do this and I don't want to beat myself up for it. Because if you shouted at a little person that fell off their bike every time they tried, they're never going to want to ride that bike, you know. And that's the same as a shouting at ourselves every time we've done what we think is the wrong thing. Because who told us it was wrong? Yeah. Who told us we it get, was wrong to have it? We get that a lot, right? I'm doing all of the things, but what am I doing wrong? I'm like, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything wrong just because the scale isn't down yet there's like you know it's just like that's their immediate go-to or they've lost weight already and then you know they had one little thing and then their scale is up the next day and they're just like I'm so frustrated I just like you know they can't go on and it's some really big feels so so this is like there's a couple things I want to I want to say here because yeah when you get on the scale in the morning like whatever you're thinking in your head, imagine if your friend was on the scale beside you. Mm-hmm. Like, would you say that to them? No, you wouldn't. Unlikely. And, 
And your body responds this from what I've learned, your body responds the same way when you say something to yourself as if someone else was saying it to you. So it's, oh, yes. it's the same yeah. thing. Um, so the other thing that people do is that why do we feel like scolding ourselves and berating ourselves is going to motivate us? Like, mm-hmm. it's like when you get on the scale and we school ourselves, we berate ourselves or we eat, we eat the thing, right. That was supposed to bring us joy that we wanted to eat. And then we berate ourselves for hours after and the next day, then we starve and deprive ourselves as punishment. Why do we berate and punish ourselves thinking that that is going to motivate us is I'm assuming it's tied to our past. It, it can be, it can definitely be tied to what we've heard, what we've seen, but also what we think about getting away with things. We, we might be misguided in thinking that when we're kind to ourselves, we've all heard it, you know, you're making a rod up your own back, you know, oh, they're not going to learn, you know, you've got, there's got to be a consequence. So when I tell people to be gentle with themselves, they think they're letting themselves get away with it. And then they might have belief systems around that and schemas around, well, if I let myself get away with it, then I'm going to eat the box of donuts tomorrow. Yeah. Actually, we've got to test this hypothesis. We've got to think, hang on, let me see. Let me see if I'm kind to myself. Does it? Does it lead to me wanting more? Or does it actually lead me to not need as much and be okay with exactly where I am and exactly what I ate? and be able to be more grounded and mindful and reset the next day. Because that, I think when I talk to people about that, when I say it's okay, we're all human, they, yeah. they worry, they worry. They're like, well, if, if, if you let me do that, then I'm never going to stop, you know, but even, even when I'm working with OCD I, or, or anything, even, I don't want to upset anybody, but even self-harm, I'm not going to say, stop it. Don't do it. Because if I say that, the urge is greater. I want yeah. to say, of course you can, but I need to teach you how to do it safely. I need to take, teach you how to do it cleanly. And I need to teach you other ways instead of that as well. How can I help you learn emotional regulation that doesn't include harming yourself? And of course, food can be exactly that. It, it can harm us. We can we can be you doing it and it hurts us. Too much of anything, you know, too much of anything and too little of everything can be self-harm. So we want to think, of course, you can have it. Don't think it's in the cupboard and you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's in there. No. You can have it if you want, but now be mindful. And it's it's nice that you're doing the mindful um, uh, moments at the moment to be thinking, you know, do I want it? Am I full? Why did I want it? Am I emotional? Am I hungry? Am I tired? Is it because everybody else is having one? That mindfulness, invite it in. Be curious. But depriving ourselves is the quickest way to be like, hmm, it's there. I can't have it. Now I want it. Now you want it even more. Okay, there's a lot going on here. There's there's that negative dialogue. There's Mm -hmm. belief sabotage, willpower. I want I want to get into differentiating those. So I get on the scale and I'm like immediately funky about it. I'm like, oh, right? And then I start going like, oh my God, I'm just like, this isn't working and I'm a failure and whatever. So first of all, I'm, I'm capturing what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm capturing the fact that I've gotten on the scale. It's made me feel funky. 
Mm. And I'm noticing, I'm immediately starting to go into that negative dialogue. So that's capturing it. Mm -hmm. Canceling it would be like, okay, it's the scale isn't up because I'm off eating all the wrong things or doing whatever. Like I'm actually doing all the things that I need to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe the scale is up because like Gina says, it's normal for the scale to go up. Maybe it's up because I did a workout yesterday and my muscles are sore. So that's canceling it. It's not, it's not up because... The cancelling it is thinking, what type of thought is this? And is it real? You know, does this mean I failed? No, it just means it's just a number. I haven't failed. You know, just because it's a bit like saying somebody's had a a midterm grade and the midterm grade isn't the final grade. But if they go, well, I failed, I failed. Yeah. So then they go into. Yeah. And you've got a whole, you know, two months left till your final exam. To do to learn to think. Okay, well, let's look at my midterm. I think I was, you know, I don't think I did that, or I didn't understand that concept. We tweak, we tweak. We don't say, yeah, that's it, give up school. We don't just throw in the towel. So it's the same. Every day that we go onto the scales, we want to think this is just a midterm. This is how am I doing? How where am I at? There's plenty of time because I'm on. I'm on a you know, we're, we're doing this. I know it's probably might be daunting for people, but this is a forever thing. It's learning how to be healthy forever. You know, it's learning how to be mindful about what we eat forever. It doesn't mean you go without. That's why it's a nice program. It's everything in moderation, timed nicely so your body knows it's coming. Just think of it, data, and I don't want to throw out my my chance of, you know, getting there because the right now, it triggers something and it's never little you said it's there'll be one little thing and we all know that that one little thing is enough isn't it to go in because our brain is hyper vigilant when something matters this much to us we are tuned in you know when we want you know when we might be thinking of wanting a baby we're going to spot every baby when we're thinking about you know moving everybody else has got the house when we think it's our brain looks Okay. Well, and then it discards other information. That's the and other that's trouble. Why, yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting because I wanted to talk to you about that today. That is, your brain lets in what you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. And so if you just are festering in your funk, you're festering on the scale, not moving, festering on this, festering on that, you just constantly stay in this, this, you just sit there and fester in your funk. And there's like, no, you're just stuck there. Yeah, and there's no stuck. movement there. So okay. name it, somebody that would find that would name it, they catch it, they can't slip or, or challenge it by going, aha, I've got my negative filter on. And with my when I'm working with my adolescents or children, I don't have my glasses, I'll say, have you got your negative glasses on? Like, let's mm-hmm. take them off. Let's put them away. Because if you're in a negative filter, you're going to only let that negative information in. That one person in that conference of 5,000, the one person that looks like they're nodding off, <gasps> You think you suck, but you've forgotten to look at everybody else that's just eager, you know, yeah. so we want to be mindful of that. Um, and okay. so you want to look for the other evidence you want. To, and that's the that's the correct it. You want to think, OK, it pulled me into this bit. But what's the other evidence? OK, have I been more energized? Have I been um, playing more with my kids? Have I been able to keep more focus on work for longer like what are the other things in your day in your week in your month yeah the non-scale victories that are showing that you are 
feeling better because ultimately isn't that the goal I suppose it's the why remember everybody has their why but I hope that's in there intrinsic reward feeling better feeling in touch getting to know themselves I love it capture cancel correct Mm -hmm. what about belief because is belief the same as negative dialogue because People believe, for example, that when the scale goes up, they've really gained weight when mm-hmm. that's just not, it's not real life. If you're following the program, you're doing the things it's, we, we, we tell people, we show people it's so normal for, to see fluctuations for so many reasons because they're weighing every day. Whereas before when they were on a diet, they, they probably just weighed when they felt like their weight was down. So they mm-hmm. missed all those little ups and downs and they truly believe that they're getting the weight back by just eating healthy food. And so Mm -hmm. that's not at all real life, but people believe that. So, you know, I can say it a million times. Oh, it's so normal for the scale to go up before it drops. I'm doing everything. I swear. And the scale is up today. What am I doing wrong? This isn't working for me. And yet it's so normal. I even posted on Sunday, an example of someone's real life scale. And I po- I showed all the ups right before the downs. And so many of like, the showed their graphs. It was, a, it was a great graph. <laughs> right? But it's that belief that if you, the diet industry makes us believe if the, if your weight goes up, you've actually gained real weight. They make us believe that if you're on a plateau, it means your diet is no longer working for you. Hmm. You need to eat even less, exercise more. So the diet industry has sort of made us believe that, you know, we can lose the weight, but we can never maintain and sustain it. Um, so how do we get past that belief and actually believe that the scale is up because it's going to go down? Actually believe that if you lose your weight, you're going to be able to sustain it. How do you, how do you work against that? Because that's a pretty strong belief for people. It's huge, isn't it? Because yeah. believing for a lot of people has to be seeing, you know, it's, we can tell people things can happen, but if they haven't seen it with their own eyes, they won't believe it. Um, but I guess that's where I'd invite them to just believe in the in the small bits, you know, to believe in the the, the, the small wins, the small changes, because that's going to help us stay where we're at and get to our destination. Because we just can't, we're just not there straight away. It takes a long time, you know. We've built up this belief belief system for a very long time people will have told us you know you're you're not going to do it people will have told us oh diets won't work or are you on another one you know that people say stuff that then we add to our belief to confirm it you know we think okay you know that that's that's it then I'm not going to manage this um but then you've got to again look at the evidence to think okay am I Am I just personalize it and thinking right now, I don't see the evidence. Can I be brave enough to look out and think other people are? Because that's scary because then we're comparing ourselves and we can think mine isn't down and there's there's are down. But we want to be encouraged by thinking, okay, this seems to be working. And I've got to now do me to see how I invest in myself and invest in my future day by day. But the trouble is, believe, you know, it's hard, even even in experimental psychology, where we'll give people sort of, you know, gestalt pictures where you see, you might remember that like you'll see the vase. And then you if you see the vase, you won't see the two, um, the two people, but you'll so it goes like this. Okay, it's a, yeah. it's called a gestalt. So it's hard to see two things at exactly the same time. Okay, it's really hard. It's showing that our brain likes to think this, 
and it likes to think this. So I want you, I, I'd invite your people to suspend belief and just go for it to think, well, ah. what have I got to lose? You know, what? Cause, cause believing that nothing's going to change and believing that I'm going to fail, what's that going to do? Let's just say, let's do it. And, and babies didn't know they could walk when they were born. You know, just suddenly started happening. And we believe they could do it. We're like, come on, you know, and, and then it happens. And then they get confident. They're like, hang on. I just took a step. And then they somehow believe it. And then you know how much I love sleep. While they sleep, that sort of pattern, that new thing they've been learning gets integrated the next day. They do it even better. And then they do it even better. And suddenly they're walking. And we will say it. Can you believe it? <laughs> you know, it's incredible. Well, you know, I love this because it's, it's about not one thing that you're doing that's going to change everything. And so if you can use the capture cancel correct with that negative dialogue, whether it's getting on the scale, whether it's you ate the donut or you had the thing, or then you, the way you berate yourself afterwards, or whether it's, you know, the belief that you're working through and then just trying to, you know what I mean? Like just do it anyway. And it, and or you know focus on those small things that are, that are happening like those two things in combination would be very powerful in terms of keeping people going everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, let's talk about sabotage then. Or do we talk about willpower? Is willpower what you just said? Like just going for it anyway? Like what is, what is the difference? It's, it's hard. It's hard to keep. We've got to plan we've got to be intentional we succeed best if we've actually scheduled something because life gets in the way you know so so knowing what the map is is really helpful because we know what tomorrow is going to look like if we know we're going to do a workout tomorrow or if we know that we want to get our, our everything ready in our tupperwares for tomorrow we're, we're setting ourselves up to succeed so when willpower isn't there we've just got to try and go okay I'm I'm just going to move first. You know, motion is lotion. Once we're moving, we feel like doing it. So once once we're actually, once we've executed and then we're, we're making our, our nutritious breakfast, then we're happy about it. But we've got to know that. We've got to know that willpower is not enough. We've got to plan it and we've just got to do it. It's like me getting the adolescents 
out of bed. I'm like, it's really tough. Their body clock doesn't want to wake them up. So I just have to say, when the alarm goes on, feet go on the floor. Just start there because the rest of your body follows your feet. So just just do it. And and the you know even the five minute rule is nice for things like that. Think okay, I don't feel like chop, chopping my vegetables and getting it ready for tomorrow, but I'll do it for five minutes. I'll put you know put a show on. I'll put some a song on that I like, and I'll do it for five minutes. And then it happens. And then we feel good. And now we're reinforcing that that behavior was rewarding. It made us feel good. It helped us get out the funk. It made the next day easier. And so then we don't need as much willpower because we're like, I want to do this. I like this, you know, because it takes time. You know, um, it's really nice when you get that feeling back to think, now I'm in my groove. I like it again. You know, if you haven't been, I don't know, walking in a long time or skiing in a long time, and you're like that, those first few runs are like, oh, and then suddenly you're like, I like it again. Yeah. And there's other things. There's the community. Enjoy it for everything because that's going to be the thing that holds us together. You know, that there's the community, there's the camaraderie, there's the support, there's people can, that can empathize with you. That even saying it today, willpower is really like sometimes just, I don't know, it's in a different orbit. It's nice for everybody to know that. We've not got to normalize that so we don't go, I suck. Everyone else has all this willpower because we personalize. I'm the only one, the only one that is not doing this the way it should. You're not. I love it. Willpower is not it. It's the routine. It's setting yourself up for success. It's being aware. It's like, I love it. Getting back on track. What about sabotage? Because where does... We sabotage ourselves because of our negative dialogue. We sabotage ourselves because of our beliefs. We sabotage ourselves because we feel like we have no willpower. We're not going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to lose my weight. I've, I've, I've lost it before. I gain it all back. It's just, this is hard, whatever. And so I notice people like plant the seeds of doubt, I call it, where mm. they will just make statements, right? Like, mm. oh, you know, I can't drink this much water rather than ask for tips on trying to get it in. Uh, well, I yeah. don't have to have to exercise when, you know, you don't have to exercise. You do, do moving your body is important. Well, my stress is never going to go away, but that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, help to manage it better. Well, the lives, yeah. I can't keep up with all these live segments. Like they, they don't actually ask for help. They just make these statements about why it's hard, I believe, so that when they quit, there's like a whole trail of reasons behind them. Um, yeah. Am I on the right path with that or am I missing the mark on that? Definitely can be. Remember, with psychology, there's formulations. There's no absolute. So it could be definitely that pathway. When I think of this also, and I was having a conversation last night about this, what we do and what people do when we think they're doing it to us is it's something's going on, okay? And we don't want to take it personally when someone's doing it to us. And so it's the same when we're doing it to us. Okay? We want to look at our behaviors and think, is it because I'm anxious? Is it because I'm frightened of wanting this? Is it because I don't want to speak up and look like it's important to me? You know, because we we might think, if we think of children that, you know, don't want to read, Okay, or or seemingly don't want to read. They're they're maybe fussing or they're starting an argument with you or they're procrastinating and doing anything but reading. What if it's because they're struggling to do it? 
And what if they don't know that they are and they don't like it or they don't want to put their hand up in school and say, I'm struggling, I'm behind. Okay, so then it looks like we start sabotaging because we're like, I'm going to look like I don't care. I'm going to disengage. I'm not even going to ask for help. I'm going to just, I'm just going to start to disappear. Because And so really fascinating. So these, these seeds of doubt can be a protective mechanism, I believe, for, for our sense of self-efficacy, self-worth, that if we, if we feel like maybe we're not going to do it, we don't want to tell anybody, you know. So, and then, of course, our behaviors start happening. We act out to ourselves. So when we're thinking of two people, it's easy to see, you know, or easier to see when someone's acting out and then they elicit a response from us. But we do it to ourselves also, you know. So we've got to, that's big work to think, okay, what am I doing? And why am I doing it? Because who am I doing this for? You know, if I'm quietly wanting to, you know, get a new qualification, it's for me. It's for yeah. me, and I'm, why am I worrying about what other people are going to think if I fail or I pass? So it's the same with your health. You know, sometimes we don't want to look like we're, we're going to the gym because it matters, or we don't want to look like we're, it's, it's, so, it's so silly, but it's human. We're so vulnerable. You know, we're so vulnerable. We, we hardly, hardly, you know, people, I remember not telling anybody I had my driving test when I was 17 because I was so fearful. What if I fail? Yeah. You know, and that's a that's an insignificant example, but it was real to me that the fear of failing. We hear that a lot. People did the program, didn't we just actually, we talked to someone the other day who they didn't tell anyone that they were doing it. She's now mm-hmm. lost 165 pounds, but when she first started the diet, she didn't. She didn't want so to wonderful, isn't it? You know, and so that's that thing too. Like you're doing this huge thing for yourself, and like if you don't want to tell anyone, that's fine. But they're not telling people because of some big feels around that. Let's talk about people starting because they have all the highest expectations, especially in the mm. first few weeks of the program, which I think is like that's like misplaced. You should have those expectations on the last four weeks of the program, not the first four weeks. But everyone comes in, and you know they. They, they have their why and they know what they want and they're excited and they come in, they have that, all these expectations. And then usually it's followed by disappointment. Even the people who are seeing the scale move, it's not enough. You know, I'm mm. just like, someone's lost X amount of weight. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, what more do you want? So even when they are doing well by the scale, they're, they seem to always be disappointed. It's, it's wanting stuff, isn't it? It's, it's wanting stuff and, and hoping that it comes quickly, you know, quick quick gratification or quick feedback because our dopamine wants that. Our brain wants to be rewarded to say, good, yeah. it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say to begin with, concentrate on the community bit or the talks or listening or enjoying that um, and then trust the process because when we get to university, a lot of my students will be like, haven't made any friends yet. You know, like it takes time. It takes, you know, four, your course might be four years. So think of it as this, it's a, it, this is, this is not a sprint. This is a journey, you know, right. and th- along the journey, you're going to be learning. You know, I, I had a terrible time at university first and second year. I found it so hard. I got into the groove in the third year. If I, if I jumped off the wagon in the first year, I wouldn't be here now. In fact, right. my dad did the right thing. He said, absolutely, you can give up. 
you know, see if you can get to crit because he did that thing. You know, you can definitely give up, but, you know, and then, of course, I was like, this is all right. I've made friends. You know, I'm getting into the swing of things. But think of it like that. We're rushing this and we can't rush it. We can't rush a house build. We can't rush a, you know, the the the, the dam can't be built in a day, you know, and going to university isn't, isn't, you know, quick. So this is the same. This is learning. This is listening to different information that's going to resonate. It's going to be trying out techniques, learning what works, learning what doesn't, and giving yourself enough time to think of it as relearning because we've got to to relearn and experience our body positively because that's the trouble we will we may have been really mean and nasty and and not kind to our body for so many years this is this is the time we're going to relearn that's not an easy thing to do i i noticed someone's comment uh can you guys pull that up the one that you guys just highlighted I didn't. T- I don't tell anyone because I don't want to hear the automatic negativity you always get. I'm more than happy to talk about it when someone points out my weight loss, but rarely is anyone willing to listen without skepticism. Mm-hmm. Like, right? I mean, more than that, it's like people always get people's opinions and judgment. You tell someone you're on a diet, and everyone has something to say about it, right? Yeah. You, you know, you are working hard, and you're you know packing your healthy food, and you know someone comes along, and you're still eating. Still, still on that diet. Like it's, it's hard enough through our work, through our own stuff. When then we also on the other side of that whole, have the whole diet industry coming down Mm -hmm. on us. And then you have everybody else who has something to say about what you're doing. And it's like, you could say I'm doing the cabbage soup, cayenne pepper, wackadoo, crazy ass diet. And people are like, oh, cool. Give me the diet. You tell Mm -hmm. people you're trying to be healthy. And all of a sudden everyone's got something to say about it, you know? So it's not just what people are dealing with internally, but it's what they're dealing with from the outside. Do you have any tips for managing that or navigating I, that or handling I, that? I'd or? say we've got to get strong on the inside to handle that. That's like any judgment of ourself, you know, when people say, you know, why are you wearing that or why are you doing that or why are you dating him or her? Or they, they, humans can be judgy. So now we've got to know they can say that, but it doesn't have to hurt me. I want to build my boat big enough that the waves aren't going to knock me over every time. So we can tune them out. But also we want to be careful with what we share things, with who we share things with, because we're right. Some people it's going to land wrong and it's going to just reinforce those negative thoughts about ourselves or our, our beliefs. So that's what this community is for. This is wonderful because people do get it. It's safe. So when you feel a little bit isolated and you feel like you're only, you know, you're on the journey yourself and don't want to tell people maybe in your immediate environment, come to this community because they do understand it. They do know how you're feeling and where you're at. Um, But also start building up that confidence because the more confident, well, more confidence you have in your conviction, the easier you can say, yeah, I am. You know, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this, you know, and don't invite, you know, I, I'm really terrible at that. I I want, I'm a I just want to know, am I doing all right? Am I doing all right? So I invite criticism. Like, am I doing all right? Like if I don't want to hear it, I shouldn't ask for it, you know, because I'm open in the floodgate. So if if you're enjoying your veggie veggie snack or if you're enjoying your fruit snackery, 
enjoy it, you know, because actually people are busy in their own little worlds because we're all busy. I don't mean to minimize our little worlds, but we're busy. They'll be worrying about something else. It's not all about what are you eating on your plate. (laughs) You know. Okay. Um, And we're going to, we're going to talk about at the end because when people do start to lose weight, people do start saying things and it's not so easy to navigate, but I also want to quickly touch on, because I know we'll talk on this further in upcoming uh, conversations is how do you know when, if you're just dealing with like negative dialogue, you know, or that belief or when it's really past traumas that you're working mm. through? Like, how do you know? Do I, I heard someone talk about little T, big T. How do you know if it's like little T versus big T? Like, how do you know that you got some some big feels beyond like, you know, maybe you might need some therapy for it beyond what we're doing here on the program? Like, where does that come in past traumas when it comes to the conversation we're having today? Okay, so big T's are those big things that you might think about, you know, violence, rape, death, terrible things. Little T's are are just as terrible. Those are the bits that didn't happen, okay? They're the good things that didn't happen but should have, okay? So your emotional needs, your people paying you attention, people loving you, people accepting you and feeling seen, heard, and having the freedom to feel. Okay, wow. because if we're squished, we're not we're not having our emotional needs met. So when we haven't had that, when we haven't had those lifting up moments and that that connection, that can leave us feeling insecure, and that leads into attachment and things like that. How how important am I? You know, am my self worth? What do I think about that? Because if we haven't had, you know. Um, compliments or support or having someone alongside us to, to help us narrate those difficult times. We're going to stop trusting others. We're going to stop trusting the world and we're going to start thinking there's something wrong with me. And so that's, that's traumatic, you know, because yeah. when we then move into adulthood, we're going to have those stay with us, you know. And so if we start noticing that, gosh, I, I didn't ever have somebody to say, it's okay. It's hard at the start to keep going. I've got you, you know, or let's have a look at where you're stuck with that and see if, you know, a bit like asking for the help with the water. They've never had somebody that was there to do that. Then they're not going to know somebody's there to do that with. And so it's, it's when we know that, when we start going, ah, why don't I share my, my, stories with people is it because I didn't I didn't predict it would land safely with somebody or was I told off was I told don't feel that you're wrong you know um you know if you say I'm scared and somebody says don't you know these horrible old sayings man up terrible terrible you know what's that say about what men should be like and what's that say about the feeling that's being felt so it it just dysregulates a little person and when we direct like when that happens we start to disintegrate and we want to reintegrate we want to integrate ourselves we can be all of this you know and that's again where we would personalize things there's something wrong with me I'll never make it they didn't care about me why why would I care about myself they didn't notice when I was sad so I don't notice when I'm sad 
they didn't notice when I, I felt poorly or sick. So why am I going to notice? I'm going to avoid it and block it and self-soothe in whatever way. And sometimes it's food. So often people with little T's might have been drawn to food because that's their comfort. That's where they got some sort of feeling of love from food. Wow. Yeah. And that would, if that, they did turn to that as a coping mechanism, that would be, that's a lot of fields to navigate throughout this process mm-hmm. to work through. I mean, all of these are big fields to work through. I mean, this is what I love about our conversations. It's not just what you are eating and when, it's so much more than that. And sustainable, maintainable, lose your weight in a healthy way physically, more importantly, mentally, we're at the end of the process, at the end of your journey. You are in tune and you are connected and you have repaired that relationship with yourself and you have worked through your issues and associations and created some new habits and worked through those beliefs and some of you past traumas. And there's a lot. So I just want to reiterate to everybody, if it feels like a lot, it's probably because it's a lot, but that doesn't mean you're not going to reach your goal. And that's why we want to highlight these topics and have these conversations so you don't just sit there and be like, what's wrong with me? And why can't I this? And why this? And why that? To give you insight as to why and more importantly, what you can do it. Okay. Um, Takeaway today. So we learned the three C's, capture, cancel, correct. That's pretty universal for a lot of fields that people yes. have. You're retraining your brain. So you're rewiring how your body works physically with following the food plan and the routine. And you are rewiring your brain as well. And so I love yes. that technique. Yes, because remember... you neuroplasticity we've hardwired our quick negative thought our quick snowball our quick black and white thinking our quick move to i i'm not i'm gonna fail so we've we've made a very strong path to that so we just want to slow it down we just interfere with that we want to pause because Mm. if we can just go hang on a second let's see if i'd say this differently to someone else no, hang on a moment. What would I say to myself if I felt good today? You know, as, as something as small as the sunshine. If it was sunny out, how would I maybe talk to myself today? Okay. So we want, we need the pause, and the pause is powerful. The pause is enough to make the the, the neurons start to to wire in a different way. Okay, yeah. neurons that fire together wire together, and then we want to think of an of activities. We want to think right. Journaling is effective to think, okay, I'm going to try and catch these thoughts I seem to always have. Okay, kindly, don't, you know, we're just kindly trying to think, okay, I'm going to start collecting the data. And what am I saying to myself? And notice that. And you're probably going to see a pattern. And once you see a pattern, you can say, aha, I'm playing the Titanic. I am playing that the ship's going down. Okay. And then I want you to say, I don't want to play it because I know the ending, I'm going to take it out. So if you can externalize those thoughts and think, ah, oh, I'm playing that, I'm playing that movie. Sometimes our brain is, it's, it's easier to stay, say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to carry on that. Okay, I'm just going to start again tomorrow. And then look out for those typical um, thought traps, word prisons, thinking traps, jumping to conclusions, unfair and inaccurate, personalizing things. You can probably look them up, like the most famous thinking traps in in cognitive psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy. 
And of course, to do any of this, you have to be practicing presence, mindfulness, because you're not going to catch it. Our thoughts come so quickly because they're supposed to, 6,000 thoughts at least a day, okay? And and some of them are going to be criticizing us because we do want to level up. We do want to monitor ourselves, but we just want to catch those mean, mean ones and go, hold up a minute. Who invited the bully in the brain? Let me yeah. let me just call this one out a little bit. Here, there's another C. Just caught, but gently. Not gonna, not gonna beat the bully up because the bully's hurting too. You want to say, what's going on? You know, what? Why are you scared? Why are you anxious? What are your fears? What are you expecting to happen? Because I think people want to feel the feel. Like when they're sad, they just want to be sad. This horrible thing happens to me. I'm feeling big feels about this. I'm feeling like. I am so upset by my diet journey, for example, and they just, they want to feel those feels and those like thoughts justify the feels. Mm. And that's where I think people really get stuck because they, they have big feels. They want to feel them. They want to feel justified in them. And maybe they're not like ready to move on yet. Right. But you I like still- the word yet. I love yet. Yeah. Right. But you can yeah. still feel the feels and then work through the things you need to work through. Yeah. The fear plan is a nice way of writing it. So you'd write F-E-A-R and you'd say, okay, what's the F? What's the feeling I've been able to capture? Like, what's the emotion? Is it anxiety? Is it regret? Is it shame? E is like a question. What are you expecting to happen? Are you expecting to fail? Are you expecting this to be hard? Are you expecting this to be easy? Okay, what are you expecting? A is two things. It's what are the attitudes that are coming up? That's your belief system. The attitude, like I'm never, you know, I'm never going to make it. People will say this. People will say that. Um, but also, what's the action? What action can you do to help yourself do this? So now you've got to do that activity bit, the prep. And then the R would be what's the reward? Once you've noticed this and you've thought, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm expecting this. I, I'm you know, my attitude is this, but could I alter it? Could I say, well, if somebody else saw this scale number, what would they say? They might say, hey, you're doing really well. You're here. You know, let's let's go. Let's go for a walk. The R, the reward is that you didn't go down into that well, that spiral. Try and get off the train. Okay. If you know the train is going to, you know, the forest of no return, get off the train. Okay, just say, I'm off. Wow, I love it. Um, Week five, bringing up some big feels, which allowed us to have this big conversation today. And I hope to everyone watching or listening that it's been a big help. (laughs) It's been a big help. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Um, You're going to be back. We're going to continue the conversation as we progress through the program. Uh, But I know people are always asking where to reach out to you. Yourpsychologycenter.ca is your website, Dr. Dr. Beverly on Instagram. You're sharing some great tips over there. I highly suggest people uh, give you a follow. Anything else that you have going on or um, that you want to share I with us? I need to, I keep promising, I need to get dates out to everybody for Calming Your Anxious Brain. That's a nice, okay. it's, a, it's a six-week program, Calming Your Anxious Brain. I'm trying to work out when to do it, what time of okay. the day and what sort of day. So if anybody wants to go, on the waiting list ready that will probably I'll probably deliver that in April or May um so yeah go ahead and 
well, write to me and let me know and then I can put you in that list. Okay, amazing. Uh, Dr. Beverly David, thank you so much. I'm already looking forward to our next conversation. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com